from Bishop Hare, I'll be conducting the funeral services. The family prayer has just recently been offered by Gordon Grigg, Gordon and Gloria's son. Um, we'd like to thank the Yuri Ward Relief Society and Compassionate Service for the luncheon. And uh, we'll uh, proceed as outlined in the program. Um, we're grateful for Debbie Batchelor, who has also been the uh, chorister in the organ player and has played the, the prelude and the postlude music. Our opening song will be from page number 293 in the hymn book, Each Life That Touches Ours for Good. And then Lorena Grigg, Lorena Grigg will offer the uh, invocation.
Our dear Father in heaven, we come before thee and honor thy son, Gordon Thomas Grigg, today. We bid farewell to him for this earthly and mortal life that he has lived valiantly and strong and good. We are humbled, Heavenly Father, for thy eternal and flawless plan. And as his torch passes to his oldest son, we are humbly grateful for thy plan. We thank thee for the beautiful, amazing, and wonderful eternal legacy that our father and grandfather and husband and all his titles are leaving with us. We know that he has been in the arms of thy son, even Jesus Christ. We are grateful, Father, that he can watch over us now and, and be busy helping to take care of all of us. Please bless our beautiful and sweet mom at this time and for the rest of her life. We pray for thy spirit to be with us. We pray that he can know how much we all love him and feel of that love and how grateful we are for his great life. Thank you, Father, for all our blessings and for our family and loved ones. We pray in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for that prayer. The service will proceed as follows. Um, the life sketch will be offered by Thomas Grigg. Then Debbie Batchelor and Larry Harmon will give some remarks, followed by a musical selection by Natalie Grigg and the Harmon family. Nearer my God to the end, we'll go to that point. Oh boy. I thought Debbie was going to go first. She's the oldest. I don't know how I... Me. Um, this is one of those moments in life that you know is coming. You hope it doesn't come. You don't want it to come. You see it coming. And then before you know it, here it is. And I'm going to tell you, this sucks. I want to, before I read this about Dad, I want to thank each one of you for for being here to honor him today. It means a lot. Gordon Thomas Grigg, 87, of Mountain View, Wyoming, passed away peacefully in his sleep on July 20th, 2019, in Rocky Mountain Care Lodge, Heber City, Utah. Gordon was born on June 3rd, 
1932 in Boise, Idaho, to Nina Adeline Dias and Anthony Wells Grigg. He grew up in Idaho working on a potato farm. Gordon was a lifelong member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He served as a missionary in the North Central States, a service mission in Green River, Wyoming, and a full-time mission with his wife in Nauvoo, Illinois. He was also an ordinance worker in the Ogden Temple for five years. Gordon served in the U.S. Army as a rifleman in Germany for two years. Gordon married his eternal sweetheart, the love of his life, Gloria Dolores Furman from Cuna, Idaho. On December 29, 1954, they were married in the Idaho Falls Temple and have been married for 64 years. Gordon and Gloria have seven children, all of whom they are extremely proud of. He had a gift of winning the hearts of all those that he met with his quick smile, his witty sense of humor. He enjoyed spending time with his family. He loved camping, fishing, stamp collecting, and poetry. Gordon worked hard to provide for his family. He worked primarily in sales. He owned a furniture store in Boise. Later, he moved his family to Green River, Wyoming, where he worked in the mines for a short time. He worked for Winco in the electrical wholesale business as well. Gordon is survived by his wife of 64 years, Gloria, his three daughters, Debbie Bachelor of Ogden, Utah, Lori Harmon of Mountain View, Bonnie Hamlin of Meridian, Idaho, his four sons, Thomas Grigg of Denver, Daniel Grigg of Hines, Oregon, Gordon Grigg of Rancho Cucamonga, California, and Stephen Grigg of American Falls, Idaho. Gordon has had 47 grandchildren, 64 great-grandchildren. He also served, he also is survived by two sisters, Joanne Lloyd, and Margaret Bean. Four brothers, Leland Grigg, Joe Grigg, Paul Grigg, and Tom Byers. He was preceded in his death by his parents, his grandparents, his son-in-law, David Batchelor, his brother, Ken Byers, and two grandchildren, Jason and Amy Harmon. I also want to interject into that, that as we recognize the, the siblings of mom and dad, I don't want to neglect or not mention the amazing spouses that we have. My wife, Lorena Alma Harmon, with Lori, uh, Chris Ann with Gordy, uh, Glory with Gordon. Uh, Danny has Andrea. We've got amazing spouses, and I want to pay honor to them as well. Who did I miss? Oh, Lee. Lee, come stand up here. Lee, with me for a second. <laughs> Sorry, Lee. I wasn't counting. Sorry. Oh my gosh. 
Um, I, uh, I have many wonderful, sweet memories of my dad. Um, as uh, his death got closer and we knew that it was coming, I think more and more memories uh, came to my mind. I, I know last night as I was talking to um, some relatives and some, some distant relatives who I hadn't seen for years and some of my nieces and nephews, stories and thoughts and memories just flooded about um, the great man that my father was and all the wonderful times that we had together as a father and son. Uh, it didn't matter if it was irrigating a cornfield, if it was leaving early in the morning to go fishing, if it was me waking up and, and hearing him mowing the lawn outside when I was little. Uh, just really special moments that we had together. I think one of the, the greatest things that I have thought about in the last couple days is the love that my dad had for mom. And I've got a poem that he wrote. I read it. I think I'll skip it. Um, it was a poem that he wrote on his mission in Nauvoo. And it was all of the things that made my mom happy. And he goes through and he lists all these things. And the last thing that he lists is how much that she loved him. And as growing up as a, a boy in the family, I don't remember too many times, if any, where my parents argued where there was bad language used, where there was discontent in our home. We grew up in a wonderful home with a great man at the head of the home. And I think about my children and my family. I think about my nieces and nephews and all the wonderful people that are here. And I want to say to my father that if I can be half the man Just half. Of the man that my father is. Or was. Then my life is going to be. Complete for me. I'm grateful for his legacy. For his love. For his teachings. His. Guidance. His inspiration. For everything that he has contributed to me being in my life. And I am thankful and will ever be grateful to honor him as my father. I love you, Dad.
You're a hard act to follow. Um, I'm not good at this tech stuff I just lost. I want to also thank everybody who came. I know some of you traveled very far distances, and I appreciate everybody that's here. Um, those we love don't go away. They walk beside us every day, unseen, unheard, but always near, still loved, still missed, and very dear. The biggest memory that I have of my dad is every Saturday lopping heads off of the chickens because he had to have a chicken dinner with mashed potatoes and gravy and corn every Sunday. It was like every single Sunday. And I'll tell you what, sticking those chickens and plucking out all those feathers was about the worst thing I can ever remember doing. <laughs> that was pretty bad. <laughs> but we did it. Every Saturday, we'd lop the heads off the chickens and watch them run around the yard and pluck those feathers. Um, I love my dad. He was very special. He was of great guidance in my life, and I appreciate everything that he has done for me, and I love him, and I love you, Mom. And I say this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I'm glad I was younger, because I didn't have, I remember plucking the chickens and mostly got out of it, because I couldn't do it. I, I just, my dad was my hero. He was always my hero, and I just, Worship the ground he walked on as a, as a child, and I, just, I never wanted to leave home. As a little girl, I just was happy and always wanted to be home with my mom and dad and the love that was in our home. Um, as I got older, I always wanted to marry a man just like my dad. I remember we, when I was 16, he took me to get my first car. And the whole ride to, to Salt Lake, we lived in Green River, and the whole ride, all he talked about was mom and how much he loved her. And he just, he missed her and he wanted to be with her all the time and just the love that he had for her. And that was just ingrained in our minds and I just thought, wow, I wanna find a man just like you that loves me. And I did, but, but I just remember my dad just had so much love and so I always think of my dad and mom together because he always wanted to be with her. And even at the end, I'm so grateful that they were able to, to be together at the end of his life. I remember I used to work at Pomida in Green River, and he would bring me apples for my break. And it was just so sweet when I saw my dad come in and just bring me an apple or just say hi. And, and that was a really good memory. Um, I just am grateful that we were taught the gospel in our lives, that we had that special love and bond as a family, and I will be eternally grateful for that. I am grateful for each one of you as well for making this special effort to be here and, and share this time with us, and I say this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
Thank you. We'll now have uh, some remarks from Bonnie Hamblin and, Hamblin and Danny Gregg. And the grandchildren will sing, uh, I am a child of God and the family is of God. Then we'll hear from Gordon Gregg and Stephen Gregg. And then we'll have another musical selection following them, Peace in Christ by the Stephen Gregg family. And then Brother Garth Walker will give some remarks. That song was amazing, and I think it kind of helped calm my nerves a little bit. Um, and it's so sweet to be in this room with all of our family. This is really what I envision heaven being like when we're all back together again. It's right here in this room. And I know that Dad is here, and he's loving this. He's loving just seeing his family gather and his close, dear friends, and, and everybody that meant so much to him. It's hard in just a couple of minutes to recap all the memories that have flooded into my mind this last week, um, and to try to recap and, and, and put it all together. There's a couple of funny little things that I remember um, from years ago when I was a teenager and growing up that I'll share, because this is, this is kind of a classic dad right here. And Lori and I were just kind of recapping a, a few of the details yesterday. We were coming on a road trip and we um, lived in Green River and we were coming back to Boise. I believe it was for a family reunion. And it was, I don't know why, I don't remember, but we left, it was dark and it was late. And I don't know if he just wanted to drive so we could sleep. It was kind of felt to me like the middle of the night. And so we were driving, and we had just kind of started, and everybody was excited, and we were, we were going to go to a big family reunion, I think, in Boise. And he was kind of fumbling around, and he said, I want to put the radio on. And it was kind of weird, because he didn't really listen to the radio very much. So that was odd to begin with, but he was very insistent that he wanted to listen to the radio. So he put the radio on, and the DJ comes on and was talking, and doing radio stuff. It sounded like a real radio station. And all of a sudden, this DJ guy, this radio announcer, started talking to each one of us individually. He would call us out by name. So all of us kids, he called by name, and he said a little something about us that nobody would know, very personal little details about us. And we were just like, our mouths dropped open, and we we're like, we're on the radio, and it really sounded like the radio, and we were all so excited, and he went one by one down through all of the kids and called them by name and said a little something about them, and we were just like floored and amazed that this guy was talking about us, and we were on the radio, and I don't know how much later, we were just like, the car was all abuzz, and it was like crazy, and it was fun, and it was just really... Um, what such a fun way to start our road trip, and then we found out later that it wasn't really the radio, that Dad had secretly had somebody record it. And, but it was so sweet that he went down through each child and called them by name and said a little something about them. And so I have that memory of Dad putting all that together for this road trip. That was really fun. And we really thought, he really had us going. We really thought it was a radio. It sounded like it. it the guy like made it sound really real. So that was really fun. And and I remember going also on another trip to Disneyland, and all along the way, Dad would all of a sudden pull over the car, 
and he would run back to the trunk and pull out really special little surprises, whatever they were. I don't remember the details. But he would do that every, like, I want to say 45 minutes to an hour. He would all of a sudden pull over the car, run back to the trunk, pull out some surprises. They were treats. They were little toys and all kinds of different special things. And all the way to Disneyland from Boise, we did that. He would just pull over the car randomly and just run back to the trunk and pull something out. And we were always anticipating what it was going to be next and when he was going to pull over. And that was probably the funnest memory of a trip I have of our whole family um, going to Disneyland and being together. And um, he was always doing little things like that to make us feel special and one-on-one. And um, he wasn't really huge, I don't think, when I was younger to say I love you, but as he got older... He said it more and more and more. And um, we visited him in his care center in Huber City the middle of May. It was the week before Mother's Day. And he was quiet and sleepy. And then all of a sudden, he woke up. And he started to chat. And he started to talk. And I felt like he was pronouncing a father's blessing. Lorraine, Alma, and Lee and I were with our mother were were the only ones in the room at the time. And I felt like he was giving us his final blessing. And he opened up and he talked and he told us how much he loved us and he told us to take care of our mother. And he just made us feel really special. And when it was all over and we were actually walking out to the car, he looked at Lori and I said, I feel like it was just Lehi pronouncing a blessing, his final blessing on me as his daughter. That's what it felt like. He just opened up and talked, and we got had a little bit of it recorded. And that was really special. And then three to four weeks later on Father's Day, we went back down, and he was very silent. He was sleeping. Um, he hardly opened his eyes. And I w- went over and held his hand, and I just kind of got in his face, and I kept saying, Daddy, I love you. Daddy, I love you. And he opened his eyes just a little slit, and he looked at me, and he said, my beautiful, beautiful Bonnie, I love you. And that was the last words that he spoke to me, and I hold that very dear to my heart. And um, then we went back a couple of weeks after that and couldn't get him to respond at all. And then I think two weeks after that, he passed away. But he always, whenever I walked into the room, he'd always say, hi, Bon and make me feel that one-on-one and that special spirit from him. So I don't want to take any more time, but before I close, I found a letter that he wrote in his own handwriting, and I think all of his children have a copy. I'm not sure. But I found it, and it's really short. It's in his handwriting. I think he wrote it actually a year ago or so, and I'm just going to read it really quick. He said, To my dear children and all my posterity, We are an eternal family, and I leave my blessings with each of you. Always remember to love one another and stay close. Debbie, Tom, Lori, Bonnie, Danny, Gordy, and Stephen, you were all born into a loving spiritual family and are all striving for the celestial kingdom, where we will all be together forever. All my love and blessings go with each of you and your family as well, your dad, Gordon T. Gregg. And I think it's so cool because it's in his handwriting, and... Um, I love that. He always wanted us to know that eternal families and being together was the very most important thing. And the love that he showed to our mother is something that I think each of us carry into our own children and families, the lessons and what we learn from him. And I'm so grateful to be his daughter and to be part of this family 
and I just want to take a minute to tell my siblings what, how amazing it is to be together, and my children and everybody that's here, and Mom, I love you, and I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. This is a, an amazing family reunion. Uh, thank you all for coming and, and being here. It's so, so great to be here with all of you. Uh, when I was uh, going to BYU, I remember coming home one weekend, and Stephen was the only one left at home. And uh, we were doing family scripture study, and the, we were reading the book of Enos, the, the chapter of Enos, and the very first verse says, Behold, it came to pass that I, Enos, knowing my father that he was a just man, for he taught me in his language and also in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And blessed be the name of my God for it. And Stephen was reading. He was, he was reading first. I don't know if you remember this, Stephen. And uh, he read it differently. He read it. It came to pass that I, Enos, knowing my father that he was just a man instead of a, a just man. And, and that just really struck me. And, and I thought a lot about that. And I thought, you know what? He is just a man. He's got faults. He's got challenges, just like any of us. But he's also a just man, a very good, good man. And uh, I've just never, never forgotten that thought that I had. And as I think back on how just and good of a man he was, when he was a hard worker, um, he was always active in the church and, and took us to church. He always fulfilled his callings. Um, we regularly had scripture study, family home evening, and, and dinner together. Um, and I know that he loved my mother. Uh, I remember him taking me to the temple for the first time and, and being there with me in the temple. Uh, lots of cherished memories, too, about going fishing. And um, At one point, in, you know, when I was younger, we did father-child father dates. He'd take us out to ice cream and just have some one-on-one -on -one time talking with us. Uh, football games, not just watching them on TV, but actually went with us to some games. Uh, my 14th birthday, he took me to, uh, even though it was a Sunday, an Oakland Raider-Denver uh, Bronco game. I was, a, I was a big Oakland Raider fan. And going into Denver for the game, it was amazing. You, you from Denver would, would have loved that. And then just a, a recent memory that I have, uh, that's kind of stupid, but to me it was a tender moment. Uh, when my mother was in the hospital at the University of Utah back in December, Lori and Alma brought my dad over to visit. And uh, he and I went down to the, the cafeteria to just get a drink. And we're sitting at this table, and there's a salt and pepper shakers on the table. And he, we just start sliding them back and forth to each other, you know, trying to keep it from sliding off the edge of the table, seeing who could get the closest. And it was just kind of a, a dumb, spontaneous game but to me, it was, it meant a lot. Just a stupid thing, but a, a very tender moment for me. Um, when I got the call from Lori uh, Saturday night, that my dad had passed away, Gordy, Gordy and Gloria and their family were visiting us in Oregon, and we're there together. And uh, a little bit after that, my wife Andrea asked how I was doing, and um, I told her, that I knew he was close, I knew he was going to be passing away soon, but that the hard thing was is I wouldn't see him anymore. And then, almost immediately, the thought came into my mind, 
you will see him more because the resurrection is real. And it, sorry, I'm on the biggest baby of the family. Um, it reminded me of a paragraph in my patriarchal blessing that I'd like to, to share. It says in my blessing, it says, I seal you up to come forth in the morning of the first resurrection to receive your salvation and exaltation along with your, your loved ones. You shall stand shoulder to shoulder with your father, brothers, and others of your generation who bear and honor the priesthood throughout all eternity. I know that the resurrection is real and that our faith sustains us at a time like this when we lose somebody that we love. But we have the knowledge, the sure knowledge, that if we're faithful, we'll be together again and, and see each other again. And that death is just a temporary, momentary thing. And short time passes and we'll be back together again, enjoying those same experiences and the same wonderful times together. I love you all. I love my mother, my brothers and sisters, my family. So grateful to be here with you today. And so grateful for the, the legacy that our Father has left each of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Okay, Grandma wants all the grandchildren and great-grandchildren to come up and sing, please.
Well, that's a fun thing to follow. Um, so I guess after that, just let me start by saying that I'm very grateful to be a part of this family. Um, I'm very grateful today for everyone that's here in attendance and the sacrifices that have been made. Um, a lot of us come from, you know, fair distance away, but obviously, you know, to be here on this day to celebrate and honor um, Dad, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, so thank you. Mom, we love you. Um, and for my brothers and sisters, you know, just thank you for all that you've done um, and all the planning and work that's gone into this. So um, I wish I had about 10 or 15 minutes, but I don't. So um, just let me share a few things, thoughts that have come to my mind. Um, I do want to share one of the special memories of dad in my life. Um, I grew up in a different era than my brothers and sisters. I didn't grow up on the farm. I didn't get to pluck chickens. I didn't get to milk cows. I didn't get eggs out of the rooster's nest and all that fun stuff. Um, what I did get to do, though, was coach baseball with my dad. Um, <clears throat> when I was 16, Stephen was eight, and he signed up for Little League. And we knew the president at the time of Little League, and he was spreading the word that he lacked one coach, that he needed a coach. And it was the summer, I was 16 years old, and I thought, I can do that. And so I, I called him and I said, I, can I do that? He's like, well, you're only 16. I was like, yeah, can I do it? He's like, he's like well, you got it, I need an adult. You know, there has to be an adult who's the coach of the team. So I went to dad and I said, dad, can we coach Steven's Little League team? And he's like, I don't know anything about baseball. And I was like, well, you don't need to. You just kind of need to be there. Um, and so he, he did, you know, he, he, he let us have that time together. Um, I didn't make him go to practices, um, but he did have to be at the games and he had to sit on the bench and he had to wear his baseball hat and he had to be the coach. Um, so, you know, that was something that was very special to me. And um, in my life, over the last 20 years, you know, I've, I've continued that. I've coached my own children in baseball and soccer. And, you know, so I appreciate my father, the sacrifices that he made. Um, it wasn't always something that he loved, you know, but he was always there for us. Um, I share the sentiment of my Brothers and sisters, how much you love mom. Um, when I was a youth, um, I sat in a youth committee meeting with our bishop in Green River. And one day he looked at me and he said, do you know how much your dad loves your mother? And I was like, I think so. But, you, you know, what do you want to, you know, why? And he said, well, I just want you to know that I can tell how much he loves your mother. And every Sunday before he goes back to, to get your mom to come to church, he calls her on the phone to check in and tell her that he loves her. So I know it's been said, but, you know, like, like you know, it's, it's, it's something that has carried with us as part of our legacy. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, my brothers and I started a tradition a few years back to go to a BY football game once a year. And we've been pretty faithful. I think we've been doing it now for about... 12 to 14 years and when we started it we had the honor of having our dad with us as well 
Um, and those are special memories that he was able to be with us as he got older. You know, he kind of couldn't keep going, but um, I'm grateful for that as well. And then let me end. Um, I know that we're not the only ones, but when my parents served their mission in Nauvoo, um, we were able to go and spend some time with them and see them as missionaries and see their great example. And I just remember how happy he was as a missionary, how much he enjoyed working in the blacksmith, doing his little song and dance, um, and, and just being with the people and being a missionary. Um, later on, these last few months, as we've come to visit him in, in the, the home in Heber, it's been really hard for me to see him laid up um, and, you know, basically sleeping. And, and he'd wake up for a few hours and have little conversations. But, you know, basically it was obvious that, you know, he was basically confined to that room and, and basically to that bed. And I know that that's not what he wanted to do. I know that he wanted to be out and about, you know, driving his car with the people, singing, dancing, whatever the case may be. And as hard as it is to, to say goodbye, I know that he's <laughs> with our Heavenly Father and that he's back doing what he loves and working with the people and sharing the gospel and preparing them for their own baptisms. I'm so grateful for his example, for the love that he has for us. But I know that he's where he wants to be. He's out of his bed. He's back on his feet. And he's doing the work that he's always loved to do. And I share that in the name of Jesus Christ. Bunch of babies. Um, I don't know why there's two recording. That's good. Um, I do want to thank everybody for being here and, and all the work that's been put in by everybody who's helped prepare us for this. Um, my memories of, of my dad are more settled. I guess. Um, by the way, Danny, I did do that on purpose because I wanted to make sure that that you knew, make you think a little bit about the scriptures. Um, you know, I, I'm 41 years old and I knew my dad for 41 years, obviously, in my life. And I learned that today that um, the chicken story that Debbie talked a little bit about, about the head, cutting the heads off the chickens. And, and my very first line that I have is, that, and this was written obviously before today, but just the, the story about when uh, my dad and I were in the backyard and he cut the head off a snake. So I don't know what he had going with cutting heads off things, but, but he, he, uh, I just remember that he sat and, and I told my kids this the other day that we were out in the yard and he, there was a snake and a rattlesnake and here I am, I run as fast as I can the other way. And, and he had a shovel in his hand and stepped up and took his head right off and even phased him. So I, I know that he was brave and a lot more brave than I was. Um, 
I have a lot of subtle memories of my dad, I guess, that are constant reminders of the things that he's, he's taught me throughout my life. Um, real quick, uh, uh, just a little story about one thing that I know that dad loved to do was he, he loved to eat out on Sundays a couple times a month. And even though we don't do that in our family, I, I we were sitting in Sacrament last Sunday and I, I texted Chris Ann, she's sitting right next to me, and I texted her and I said, can we go eat out on Sunday today? <laughs> it, just, it was just one of those memories I have for some reason of, of when I was at that stage that he would take us out to eat and we'd drive to Little America and, and eat out once in a while on Sunday. And, you know, some, some other little things that are constant in my life that I see and just reminds me of him all the time is he was a constant teaser, and we talked about it a little bit, but always teasing and joking and, and prying at you and trying to make you smile and laugh, and he always did that to us. Um, not just us, but I think anybody he came in contact with, and I think that's why I love being in the temple so much. Um, he always supported me in basketball, and every time I did it, he'd always travel. I remember that he, no matter where we went with, from Green River, if we traveled to Cheyenne, we were four and a half hours away, and somehow he made it work with his job that he would go every single time. So just to support, I know that wherever we went, he'd have to stop and get a fountain drink, no matter where it was. He loved to drive his car, as we've already talked about, and he'd drive down to the mailbox and go get a fountain drink after that and drive home. And the mailbox was half a mile away, but he had to do that. Um, I don't know what it is and why this is so relevant in my life, but but every time I see an oil spot on the ground from a car that gets left, he always would tell you, jump over that, don't step in it, don't track that into the car. Because his cars were so, so special to him. Um, every time I hear a stinking electric shaver, I don't know why, but he always was shaving. Every time I would see him, he was driving his car and shaving. I mean, just, <laughs> those things, I don't, I don't know why, but he did. Um, he hated cheese so bad. <laughs> we love it, and he hated it. Um, always, always doing things, making his homemade noodles. Um, I remember in, in my youth that I would be able to watch action movies with him, and mom would hate me watching them with him, just because they probably weren't very appropriate. And, we watched those in games together. Uh, he loved his temple work. I know that's one thing that made him super happy and he'd always talk about it with mom. And I do think it's because he got to share stories and, and joke with people and be around people. I do know that he's proud of his grandkids and his, and his kids. He loved mom as we've talked about a lot. Um, what, a, what an awesome legacy he has to leave seven kids, 47 grandkids and 64 great grandkids. I mean, when they come up and sing their song, there's nobody left out there. I know that he loves that more than anything. I know that he loves all of us. And even though it's hard for us down here right now, he's up there smiling at us and has had a great reunion with his parents and, and his son-in-law and Amy and Jason. I know there's a great reunion up there. He's helped them guide 
down as he's passed through the veil. He loves his family, and I know that. He's very proud of everybody. And he's grateful for all of us and all the hard work that's been put into this as we remember him. It's not goodbye, it's just the beginning. Love you, Dad.
Brothers and sisters, there is peace in Christ. If there is one message that Gordon would want you to hear today, that's it. What a wonderful, wonderful tribute to a wonderful man. I'm confident that I have never been to a funeral where a larger percentage of the congregation was family. Most of you immediate family. And as I sat up here for the last hour trying to abridge what I wanted to say and looked at you, it was apparent to me that Gordon and Gloria have set a mark upon you. You can't deny where you came from. You can't get away from the legacy that they have provided for you. What an honor it is for me to be able to say a few words today as a non-family member, but a dear friend. You've heard it said that if you want a friend, be a friend. Gordon was a friend to everyone. And I love Gordon because he first loved me. For a significant portion of the time that I have known Gordon, I was a counselor in the state presidency. And he always, always, always honored that calling and honored me because of that calling. But even after I was released from that calling, his reverence towards me continued for years. When Alma called and asked me to speak, I told him that I would be honored to do that. And the first thing that came to my mind was, number one, Gordon would not want me to stand here and sing praises to him. And number two, that he would want to make sure that you know that families can be together forever. That he loves you dearly. That he wants to be with you forever. And as I looked out over this congregation, the thought came to me that when Gordon passed through the veil, there was a similar congregation waiting there to greet him. Except it was probably 10 times as big. He has had a, a marvelous reunion with loved ones who have passed on before. And he is anxiously waiting to greet you again.
especially his dear sweet wife, Gloria. The most important lesson that I learned from watching Gordon, if I never heard a word he said, I would have known how deep his love for Gloria is just by the way that he interacted with her from his body language. Those of you who knew him know that he always, always, always opened the door for Gloria to get in the car. Even late in life, when he could barely walk and couldn't drive, he would take Gloria to the driver's side of the car and get her in and then very feebly make his way around to the other side and get in. That made an impression on me and, and I know it impressed many others. I have watched Gordon grow older and weaker and as his mind became more cloudy and he couldn't do the things that he loved to do and wanted to do, he could very easily have drawn back into his shell and simply waited to die. But as long as it was physically possible, he continued to come to church and to interact with friends and to be an example of enduring to the end. And I love him for that. I appreciate the example that he has been to me and certainly to all of you. We all will see Gordon again. We will be together again. You will be together as a family. Gordon has done his part. I'm confident that he was welcomed home, that he was greeted by the Savior, and that he heard the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now it becomes our responsibility to follow in his footsteps and to do as he would have us do, which is what our Savior and our Heavenly Father would have us do. I am grateful to have known this wonderful man and his dear sweet wife. My wife and I love you both dearly. I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I've really been honored to be here. So that has been very inspiring to me. I've taken mental note of some things I want to do better because of the example that Gordon has set for me. Um, I feel honored to have known him as well. Um, what a legacy is left. I, I don't think I've ever been to a funeral where the, more than half of the congregation was under 12 years old. 
And as they were all singing up here, I thought, that is prosperity, is it not? I mean, can you define prosperity any better way than that? And uh, Gordon was about the business of being a husband and a father. And there is not a calling more worthy of the inspiration of a loving father in heaven than that. Uh, being a husband and a father, and I knew he drew on that and utilized that, and and what a what a result. And if we want that, yeah, then we've got an example to follow, don't we? You do, and you ought to be grateful for that. Um, in just the short few years that I've known, I've kind of, you know, I'm not a part of the family, and I feel a little awkward to. Uh, to, to be here and participate, but what, what I have known of Gordon and Gloria have been, have been nothing but sweet, sweet memories. They would come in and visit with me and Gordon could barely get in the door just, just lately and walking and, and he would always ask me, you know, now Bishop, is there anything you need me to do? You know, because I want an assignment. And Gloria, the ever uh, pointing out the obvious uh, r realistic part of that would say, well, Gordon, you really can't do anything. <laughs> and he would just smile and say, isn't she wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> Always a compliment for Gloria. Uh, I, I stopped into the Heber City Care facility a, a, couple, a few weeks ago, and, and he, he did mention that uh, it wasn't the most ideal place, as been mentioned. He, but he said, but I'm where she is, and so I'm happy. And so I, I know that he did love, love you, Gloria. The, the doctrine is rock solid, and the doctrine is true. There is life after death. Because of the Savior Jesus Christ, we, the grave has no victory, and the sting has been taken away from death. You will see Gordon again. I testify of that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our concluding song will be sung by the Lee Hamblin family. I, I need thee every hour. And then Brother Lee Hamblin will offer the closing prayer. When the, when the prayer is finished, the pallbearers would, would come forward and line up over here in front of this, this pew here. And we'll proceed with the casket out that door to the and then the procession will follow the Fort Bridger Cemetery. We, we want to invite all of you to come back to the, to the cultural hall behind the curtain here for lunch following the interment at the Fort Bridger Cemetery. And uh, we appreciate that.
Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee, I need thee, every hour I need thee, kind, dear Father in heaven, we bow our heads in reverence unto thee, Father, in reverence to thy Holy Son, whom thou hast sent unto us, and find him placed in our hearts in tenderness. We also thank thee for another son whom thou hast sent, Gordon Thomas Gregg. Express gratitude for his light shedding upon thy Holy Son that we might see the way and have a path lit before us. We're grateful for the threads woven in this family, the lessons that he helped us see and understand, for his kindness and tenderness that he provided most thankful for his testimony witness of thee and thy son. We express gratitude and joy at this remembrance time to send him home back unto thee.
We pray that we might be prepared someday to see him as well. That we might be found worthy when we meet again. That our hearts will always be turned in remembrance of the example that he set. And as time passes on, Father, we pray blessings upon Gloria, upon Mom. Might she continue her journey upon this earth and fulfill her mission as a mother and a grandmother and a great-grandmother. Bless her in strength. Provide peace in her heart. Give her the comfort to continue the lessons and the light that we need as a family. That we might be worthy again, Father, to enter thy presence and be part of a great family in heaven. It is our prayer in the name of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Can the congregation please arise?